that was a limiting belief that I had as a child where I was like, well, let me not ask because they're just going to say no. And it's like where I am now, it's like, what do we say? Say yes to life. Say yes to life. Yeah. I, wow. That was powerful to like think back to that. This moment is building you into your most powerful self, your strongest self, the person that you were born to be. So step into the light, stand in your full power, and remember who the fuck you are. Welcome back to Remember Who the Fuck You Are. I'm your host, Ashley Kristen. And today we're talking about childhood trauma, how it affects our success as adults, and why nurturing our inner child is so important. I'm joined by the perfect person for this conversation. She is my childhood best friend. We've witnessed each other go through every stage of life. She's also a successful producer in the culinary industry and stylist. Let's welcome Jillian Shallow. Hi, everybody. Ashley, thank you for having me. Of course, of course. So, who the fuck are you? Who the fuck am I? I'm a Jill of all trades, you know. Love that. Just a little bit of everything. I am just doing my best out here, trying to make the world a better place. What are some of your most memorable moments from childhood that you feel like may have played a role in some limiting beliefs you have have or either had and have pushed past or even some unhealthy habits that may have been coping mechanisms? Well, I will say I think that losing a parent that was very challenging. I don't want to say like that builds character, but it does, you know, builds character. Being raised by a single mother at a point in my childhood, being an older sibling, I guess those are some of the things, like some examples I would say that like made me the person that I am today. Losing my father was very hard. You know, you were, you were my friend throughout that. Even though like I do have a father in my life, it's still something that I live with to this day. Like you and I've talked about what I'm doing to heal Mm -hmm. the void of not having my father in my life or what does that look like or who am I because of him? So things like that. Having siblings for sure. You know, you're yes. our siblings. I, yes, that can be a together. lot to handle, especially being an older sibling, because Absolutely. that comes with so much responsibility and caretaking, especially is just like being a woman, being one of the girls, and you're expected to carry on this weight of taking on uh, womanly duties at such a young age. And it makes us grow up so much faster. So it is a lot of responsibility. Mm-hmm. I love my siblings. It's nice to see them like grow up, like what impact that I had or what impact you had like on your siblings. That's a beautiful thing to see. Obviously, you want the best for them. You feel like a parent. Like, wouldn't you agree? Like, even though they're not our children, I still feel like a parent sometimes. I I felt like a third parent. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) It's interesting because when I like talk to my brothers and sisters, you know, I'm so much older than most of them. They're like, oh, we don't, we forget that you're our sister. We don't even really remember you living in the house with us. Like you were kind of like a parent. And I'm like, 
the fact that even they felt that energy and me at 11 years old finding out, you know, things about myself, going through puberty, trying yeah. to navigate this world and then also helping to raise kids that aren't mine. Yeah. But yet because I'm the oldest sibling, I have some type of responsibility to be an example, to help my parents out, Absolutely. to take care of me and help take care of them, which is a lot for a child to handle. And I think we place a lot of pressure on our children to be able to fill these adult roles because parents, I don't know about if your parents said this, but it's like, it's why we had kids. To, mm. So you could do things <laughs> for us. And it's like, you know, you grew yeah. up with that belief and it's like, oh, I'm here to help other people. And then that's when that I'm not prioritizing me. I got to make sure everybody else is taken care of. Energy starts taking over, right? Absolutely. I had a lot of structure in my childhood. And as a child, you know, I hated that. I wanted to go wild and play in this or whatever. But looking back on it, I am absolutely grateful for it. As children, we don't understand why our parents are doing what they're doing, for what reason. But then you look back and it's like, okay. I do want to go back to you talking about how it was very tough, obviously, having the passing of a parent, your father. And even as adults, we don't even know how to emotionally regulate our nervous system so that we can cope with these times of grief and trauma. As a kid, how did you cope with that? Was there were there people that you talked to? Was it something that you kept inside? Because I know my parents with them, it I didn't feel like it was a safe space to open up emotionally because we were seen as, oh, if you're crying, if you're doing this, it's weak. Plus, I didn't have emotionally available parents either yeah. so I tend to hold things in and I had to learn to deal with that as an adult what what was your experience I think like so just hearing again hearing what you said I absolutely see what you're saying and in terms of like who my support system was I had you you were like my best you are my best friend but even as a child you know like you remember I would tell you stuff that I was frustrated with as a child I didn't have therapy I didn't, I didn't, I didn't go to therapy maybe until like freshman year of college. And there were just so many things that I didn't know how to process, like losing a parent. It's very hard. And you just kind of figure, figure it out yourself in a sense. Uh, I'm not saying that like my mom wasn't supportive or like my brother wasn't supportive. Everybody was absolutely supportive. For me though, I like journal a lot. When I was at that time, I still had a relationship with my dad's family. So it wasn't like I didn't see them or like we didn't talk about it. But, you know, I guess I could say I'm still processing some things. Fair, um, fair. Healing yeah. is a forever process. Absolutely. And I, you know, I feel better about things now, just where I am now in that process. Emotions weren't something that I feel like I understood as a kid, to be honest. And even as an adult, I, I remember thinking to myself, fairly recently, maybe five years ago or so. Do I have any emotional intelligence? And I do. But when it comes to just really being able to understand that you feel emotions in your body physically, and then you have chemical feedback and it tells your brain things and it causes these thoughts to happen and it goes into a cycle and learning how to regulate that and make sure that my body can stay calm and not go into yeah, like calm, a fight or flight or fawn or freeze mode. It's a very difficult thing for us to still, for me to still do today, even as an adult, even having the tools, we'll always have challenges. Have to work at it. Yeah, life like, is. You know, you got to work it's at it. It's a continuous it. thing, exactly. and like, and, and, but it makes it a lot easier having the tools. And I wish 
someone was able to break down emotions for me as a child and being able to understand them. And that's a huge thing for me. Like whatever chance I get, whether it's with our godson or a cousin or anything, I like to be able to help them understand their emotions, why they are feeling the way that they're feeling or the thoughts that they're having and not just shut it down in a, because I said so way. Yeah. Because it's supposed to be this way. It's a culture thing for us, but like, oh, well, I had to do this, so you have to do it. And it's like, no, we're not doing that anymore. Just because you had to deal with trauma or this or whatever, that does not mean that, you know, why would you, also, why would you want, you know, if you don't know better, you don't do better. But why would you want your child to feel like how you felt when someone said that to you as a child or repeated that? Why would you want to do that? Why would you want to give them trauma? I don't want to do that. Like, we, I think... As a collective, we all still have so much work to do in terms of that. We can change it and make it better, make things better, make it easier. Yeah. And that comes with like conscious parenting. And that's assuming that people are self-aware enough to even know that Girl. because it goes beyond <laughs> parents. It's it's about the adults that's in that child's life. So it goes aunts, uncles, Cousins, grandparents, teachers. Teacher. All of it's these It's a people. community. It yeah, is a community. Absolutely. It takes a village. It absolutely takes a village. I still believe that. It does. And, you know, I, I remember feeling as a kid, just even in school, when my teachers would try to tell me something. And I knew for a fact that what I was saying was correct because I had discussed it with my parents. Like, I knew. And they would try to tell me that it was wrong and make me feel bad about it. No matter what it was, that made me afraid to speak up. That made me feel like, oh, what I have to contribute isn't valuable or it's not real or I'm going to be wrong. And and that made me so afraid to just speak my thoughts. And, and as an adult, I, I can see how that childhood trauma just from a teacher telling me that I was wrong or me feeling like I was being shunned for knowing that I was right, but then them making for me doubt smart. myself. Yeah. It was like, I shouldn't say anything. I just shouldn't speak up. I should be quiet. No. I felt the same way. Like something that I had to break, one of these habits that I had to break from childhood, I felt like that too. Like sometimes like, well, I'm not smart. I'm just going to like not say anything. I don't really have a voice on this. Or like, I don't know this subject. So I'm just, or I don't have an opinion on this. Or even if you do have an opinion. Right, yeah. Just like, let me, just, speak let me just shrink back. I am coming into my voice. I'm grown now. Like, if I see something I don't like, I can say that. I'm not a child. I can use my voice. Speaking of using voice, I I love that you brought this up because I have learned now that my voice is one of my greatest gifts. From the way that I say things to even the tone of my voice. It's, It's my greatest superpower. But when I was a kid, here's the thing. I was afraid to even talk. Why was I afraid to talk? I'll tell you why. Because I was made fun of. For me, I felt like these were things beyond my control. So when I would hear my voice on a recording, I would get grossed out. I'm like, this sounds disgusting. Yeah, you've come a long way. So the fact that I am literally using my voice as because it's a part of my purpose. And I found that out to be able to speak these messages to people, to be able to say it the way that I am able to say it. It's so freaking powerful. And I think as kids, our light gets dimmed in that way. When when adults try to put these judgments on the us or, you know, say these things that makes us have these limiting beliefs limiting about ourselves. Beliefs and we want to shy away from our gifts. We don't want to be vulnerable. We don't want to be honest. We have to encourage everybody, especially yeah. children, to be the best that they can be. 
I want to talk more about your support system as a child. You saying, yes, you had your mom there. I know you had. I have a big family, so. <laughs> yeah, so do you feel like that was a healthy support system? A hundred percent. Looking back on it now, you know, as an adult, you can see the whole picture, right? So I'm not saying it was perfect. Obviously, no one's perfect. And again, everybody is doing their best. But ultimately, I do believe that I had a really good support system. I mean, there were some things that were not, you know, that that were things that I wouldn't do as a parent. And I'm not criticizing my parents or any family members for that. Because again, they were doing the best that they can with the knowledge that they had. We've made our peace with things like the things that I was angry about losing my dad and like not having been able to express that. And I do think if I had a different support system, that my life would be different. If I didn't have like the support that I had, if I didn't have, you know, if my mom didn't get married, like if I didn't have a father, stepfather, I could be completely different. You know, I I had two dads, but, you know, like daddy issues and all of that. I could be a completely different person, not loving myself like my mom she had gone to therapy and she was conscious about not exactly about not wanting to raise her kids the way that she was raised. You know, my mother protected me. There were a lot, there's a lot of trauma that happened in my family with my mom, with my grandmother, like my aunts, my mom was able to protect me from not having those things that happened to her happen to me. So that was, she broke that kind of generational curse. I was going to say, would you consider your mom a generational cycle breaker? But it seems like she is in terms of passing certain traumas down, becoming aware of herself so that she can be better for her children. Absolutely. And and all of those types of things. You are this amazing stylist and producer. Do you feel like there were some limitations that held you back from even going into that field? Before stepping into it, because I know, as we all do, we go through a journey in terms of our career and Absolutely. really feel, finding out what it is that we are here to do in life. Yeah, and so, that's our purpose. <laughs> yeah, how, how has your childhood affected what you do today, your success? My mom absolutely always pushed college for us. And I remember I went to college for theater, for acting. And I remember telling my mom that was a limiting belief that I had as a child where I was like, well, let me not ask because they're just going to say no. And it's like where I am now, it's like, what do we say? Say yes to life. Say yes to life. Yeah. I Wow. That was powerful to like think back to that. I was afraid to ask for things because I just assumed that they were going to say no. So I went to college. I did theater. My parents were completely supportive of it always they've always been supportive of anything that I've done just to see where I am now though like it's interesting because I do think at some point like when I was a teenager I'm like oh what if I had a tv show or what if I did this or you know like thinking into the future what if I wrote something and to actually see that play out now and we talk about maybe that when I was a child putting that out there and now look what what's going on like I'm doing it As a kid, I was, I doubted myself so much. Everything was questioning because I was made to believe that I didn't know what was best for me. You know, only your parents know. And so if you listen to your parents, they'll always lead you the right way. So they say, or their version of the right way. Yeah, I doubted my intuition so many times because I remember growing up like, feeling these things or having these images or visions. Yeah, And whether it was an aunt or a parent that's like, you're crazy. Or are you talking to yourself? Crazy people talk to themselves. And me thinking like as a young kid that these that I came up with certain things or terminologies and people were like, 
what? No. Or that's called they deja just, vu. Like, I'm like, no, down. I'm having like visions of things. It's yeah. not deja vu. But I learned to tune out of my intuition as a kid because I was made to believe that it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So there's <laughs> levels to understanding ourselves and just being aware of the energy that we bring our children and making sure that they feel like they have a choice. Absolutely. And it's not just listen to me because My I dictate and tell you what you can and can't do, what you should or shouldn't be doing. Should is a word used a lot. There, you should, you should. Should do, should do. Yeah, this, that's yeah. a that's a big one. All right, let's take a quick break. What would it feel like to be completely satisfied in all areas of your life? Being healthy and happy, having peace of mind, great relationships, complete freedom, deeper levels of joy and pleasure, and the clarity and focus to create your best work. Your sexual energy gives you the power to do this. Because it's good for more than just sex. It's a powerful creative force that can be used to create anything you want in life. And I want to help you harness that power in my new digital experience where pleasure is transformed into power. This is a VIP level experience for a small group of people. So be the first to know when doors open this spring by signing up for the VIP list at ashchristen.com slash VIP. That's A-S-H-C-H-R-I-S-T-E-N dot com slash V-I-P. Let's get back to the show. There's a lot more going on today than when we were growing up, obviously. Oh, boy. Lots of distractions. This digital age can be crazy, influential on a young mind. What are your thoughts on bringing kids into this world today? So... I feel like I've always wanted to be a mother. You know, I had little brothers and I just, I know that I would be a great mother because I had a great mother. Something that my mom always told me and my brothers was that you should leave the world a little bit better than when you came in. Mm -hmm. You know, she also says to us, it's not too late to be who you could have been. And I do think that those things are important. And that was very formative for me growing up. And I am at an age where (laughs) I would like to have children. I know that because of my consciousness, how I was raised, Mm -hmm. what I want my goals for my child to be, I think that it would make the world a better place. I could give birth to the next Nobel Prize winner, the person that, you know, we get rid of plastic. I don't know, like, but that hope is there. And I do think that there are a lot of people that have kids. And I think there's some people, you know, like we talk about, think about what you're doing before you bring a child into this world. You need to foster them to do better so that they're better than us. I love that view. So my perspective, it's been a journey, even just for me deciding if I want to be a mother. And I and I think that, and I'm just kind of unlocking this part of me because I'm like, no, I don't want kids. And, you know, I have the right to be a woman that is just successful and, and, and lives her life and I can give my love and leave my legacy in other ways which I still believe Absolutely. that I can do you that you can do both you can be both However, that's the power I think that me saying and deciding so early in life that I didn't want kids it was an act of rebellion and also a coping mechanism because I had so much responsibility as a kid to help with my younger siblings that I felt like having a kid is just something else to do yeah. it's another thing on a to-do list I've already got a lot of things on my to-do list. What other people want you to do. I don't want. I I never 
really cared about what other people yeah. wanted I mean, me just to in do. General, in like, terms oh, I'm going to get married because I'm supposed to get married. Yeah, I'm going to have kids because right, I'm yeah, supposed I'm like, to have I, kids. I, and I don't like people to control me. No. I So I'm like, I'm marching to the beat of my own drum. I'm doing this. However, within the last year, it came to me. Like, it just came to me one day that having a kid isn't about doing something. It isn't a to-do. Having a kid is the deepest spiritual process you can undergo. It's about becoming something. It is about unlocking a part of yourself that otherwise would never be unlocked. It's a different level of love, a different level of understanding. It is the biggest reflection of you because I believe that everything is a reflection of you. You it's know, like out a physical manifestation of yeah, it's my it, child. It's, it's a creation. <laughs> it is. It's the love and energy that you put into this world, Absolutely. and if you can put that love and energy in there consciously and help guide that child to whatever they want, but also help them make the decisions that are best for them. Not tell them what's best, but help them have the tools that they need to make the decisions that's best for them. You can create someone that lives their purpose unapologetically and makes the difference in the world however they see fit. It can be a big difference, a little difference. A difference is a difference. It doesn't matter. Speaking of having kids and, you know, being conscious parents and being aware of the energy that we put into Mm -hmm. our kids, a really big thing that dictates our success in life is, you know, what's going on in our conscious and specifically that archetype of the inner child. Yeah. Oh, healing the inner child, making sure you're caring for that little version of you that lives inside of you. So I want to know what you do to take care of your inner child. Well, as you know, I'm very big on inner child energy. I still do a lot of, they're not childish things. Like, you know, age is really just a mindset. You can be as old as you feel or as young as you feel. Like I have that inner child in me. I love to do a lot of stuff. I play Legos. I love art. Like I always loved art, still do. So those are things that I'll do for myself. I love to dance. I just, I love the freedom in my body and the movement in my body. And I feel like that just anything that makes you happy or makes you wonder, like I would never make fun of an adult or like someone that is working through their inner child because, oh, oh, they like to do that kid shit. Like why you got to be a hater? Let them do that kid shit. Mm-hmm. If that makes them happy, who are you to say otherwise? People that aren't happy with themselves. Or they're not happy or, or they're not happy with their inner <laughs> yeah. child. And I I like love that you bring that up because everybody, all of you people out there need to be nurturing your inner child and whatever that is. If that's going to a monster truck rally, which is on my list. I think it's important for everybody to heal their inner child. Do whatever makes you happy. If there was something that your parents didn't let you do as a kid, do it now. Like who's stopping you? My inner child journey looks like a lot of different things. And through energy work, I've learned that whenever I am feeling triggered or I'm feeling some type of heavy emotion, whether it's like, because for me, like shame and guilt is like, those are big. And I have to think back to where in my childhood I first felt like that. that And if I can think that through I'll I'll journal about it and really get that out and things that I didn't even think I remembered would come up Wow! and I'd be like what do I need to give myself what do I need like what is the little version of me asking for is it love is it acceptance is it just like the freedom to be myself and so I'll go from that and decide what it is that I need to give myself so 
If it is love, it's like, how can I just talk to myself in a better way today? How can I accept myself in this moment when I feel guilty or when I can't forgive myself? It's okay. I can forgive myself. The little me is worthy. The big me is worthy. We're here together forever, loving each other, caring (laughs) for each other, nurturing each other. And so I'll I'll do that. But then I'll also do the fun things. Like you said, I'll watch movies that remind me of like the most fun fantastic times in my childhood or um that's like therapy yeah or even like dressing in a way that kind of is inspired how i dress like my parents wouldn't let me wear this yeah yeah thanks exactly if i felt like i wasn't allowed to do it as a kid i will absolutely do it it now now. and it's and it's not (laughs) a fuck you to anybody it's a like hey, you didn't get to do this because you felt that it was wrong and you grew up feeling like this was shameful. Now it's Not time anymore. to explore, baby. Not now anymore, it's time to, to love yourself so deeply that you're willing to give yourself any and All everything that nourishes you in every way. Is there anything specific you do to stay on track? I have to definitely have balance. So a routine that I do, like absolutely every morning I get up, I lay in bed for a few minutes and I just express gratitude, whether that's out loud or just in my head, like, Mm -hmm. thank you for another day. Thank you for the air in my lungs. Like, you know, things like that. And I do sometimes listen to gratitude affirmations. And I think that's a powerful way to start your day. I love music. I think music is therapy as well. Um, It can help set your mood. I listen to a lot. I have like a playlist of like good morning songs. I'm not perfect. I'm still perfecting my routine. I do journal a lot. That's something that I just feel like is a non-negotiable. Like I have to do that. I have to express myself. I like the stream of consciousness where you just, you get it out. And I think that more people should do that. I need to work on my nighttime routine because I do feel like that's important too. Like, let me be grateful for this day. And what can I do tomorrow? What were things today that happened that I could do better tomorrow? Just like you, I wake up in the morning Um, try to be very present. I actually have a list of mantras on my wall in front of my bed that I say because that's the energy that I am living to embody. It's about personal health and relationships. It's about peace. It's about what I want in business, all these things just to really set my energy and set the tone for the day. One of the biggest things that's just helped me in so many ways in life is hitting that morning workout. For me, it's a moving meditation. Okay. So I, while I do sit and meditate, that morning workout, getting some weights in, or even now I'm into Pilates, but doing that, even just doing that cardio, yeah. that for me, I just get this high from it and it relaxes me and it calms me. What is the most important lesson that you've learned on your journey of just like healing childhood trauma and just becoming a conscious adult to 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 put the energy of love and making the world a better place everybody is doing the best they can with the understanding and knowledge that they have okay i say that every day like it stops me from like judging people somebody doesn't behave the way that you want or acts the way that you want i'm becoming more conscious of that i would also say probably more important Absolutely. As you know, we know a lifelong journey of loving yourself as you are in this moment. That's a very powerful thing. That's a very powerful thing to do just to love yourself as you are. We got to work at everything in life and loving yourself. You have to work on that every day. So I think that's absolutely powerful. That's something that I love that you talk about, you know, like people need to hear this. People need to practice it. The most important lesson that I've learned But it really is to 
remember who the fuck you are. Oh, yes. Because I think so many times we forget, we doubt ourselves again, the things from our childhood trauma, whether we remember it or not, it comes up and it has the ability to limit us in thought and creation and success and career and love and health and all of these things. And if we take the time to dedicate to exploring who we really are and that goes hand in hand with loving yourself it's getting to know yourself in every way the more we can understand ourselves the more we can understand others the more we can make sense of the world and and create and live in our purpose and we can love each other like yeah no hate if we can take the time to remember who the fuck we are why we are here, the power that we have to create whatever it is that we want to create, to put out the energy of whatever we want to put out into this world. I think that that changes the world. When people remember who who the the fuck fuck they they truly are. If you remember who the fuck you truly are, you cannot lose because now you are not trying to escape the reality that you're living in because you're creating it and you understand that you are a creator. I love when when you speak on that. What's one thing you would recommend people do to overcome childhood trauma? And then what's one thing parents can do to make sure they're not contributing to the trauma and limitations in a child potentially have? So for the first question, to overcome childhood trauma, therapy. <laughs> Whether that is being able to see a therapist. And I know we've today we've like made so many strides. There's more therapists. It's avail- widely available. I truly, truly, truly believe that that helps. I also believe inner child work will heal that. Also, just whatever support system you have, you know, whether that's your family or your friends, talk to your friends. Like you express yourself, talk to someone that you trust, trust yourself, journal, do something like if something was hurting you, try and channel that into like your art or your work or something creative, like to be able to release that energy. Mm-hmm. I will say this. If you as a parent, if something that when you were a child you didn't like or somebody said to you and you didn't like it, don't repeat that. What makes you think that your kid's going to like it? Mm-hmm. You know, it's not funny. It's not helpful. Give your kid the self-esteem to be the best version that they can be. If you didn't like it, what makes you think your kid's going to like it? Like, yeah. let's let's love them. I think for a lot of people, some people's parents are their first bullies, you know? Absolutely. One thing I would recommend people do to overcome childhood trauma, very similar to what you said, become aware of your emotions, what they mean. Let's stop reacting and start responding. Let's start using our emotions as a tool to make our lives better, to make us healthier, to make us happier, to help us find peace. And that can be done in so many ways. It can be done through therapy. It can be done through coaching. Even if you just want to do it on your own, a journaling journey or meditation, it's a holistic thing. It's not that we get eat all these healthy foods and go to the gym and neglect our emotional and mental health we can't do that because we'll never be healthy we'll never be at peace if that's what we're doing that's not cute we'll just recreate (laughs) all the things that feel heavy that feel traumatic that causes guilt and shame that we can't forgive not breaking generational curses right exactly we want to break those we want to be cycle breakers and then as far as things that parents can do honestly becoming self-aware yeah because when you become self-aware then you have the ability to change your behavior absolutely you have the ability to shift your energy and change your world how you feel how your kids feel so if you can just do one thing to become self-aware that could just be 
it's you know, huge, reflecting on huge. questions of why I do the things that I do. That energy is passed down to your kids, to everybody in your life, really. Now, I know that you do a lot of fun stuff. You are definitely living out your dreams. Where can we learn more about you and what you're doing? You can follow me on Instagram. Uh, I have a couple of ventures. One that I'm doing is a food show. It's called Off the Tracks. You can follow us on Instagram. It's Off the Tracks Eats. Shallow Girl. Stay tuned. I'm, I'll probably be on your TVs in a couple of years. So look out for that. Thank you so much for joining me today, sharing your story with all of us. You are greatly appreciated. All right, it's time for the super tool of this episode. Each episode will end with something that'll help you supercharge your life, health, relationships, and business. We've been talking all about childhood trauma and how it's very important that we resolve that childhood trauma. So today, I want to help you tune and tap into your inner child and give your inner child exactly what it needs to heal, to be your best self in life and love and in business. So if you could just close your eyes, relax your body wherever you are, take a deep breath, breathing in through your nose and out through your mouth. Again, breathing in through your nose and out through your mouth. Placing your hand on your heart center. Connecting with your body, your physical body, your energetic body. Knowing that deep within you lives a small version of you that may feel hurt or in pain for some reason. I want you to connect with that version of you. How old is this version of you? Now ask this small version of you, how does it feel? What do you need to feel whole, to feel loved unconditionally? to feel complete and I want you to listen see yourself wrapping your arms around this tiny version of you this version of you is covered in love and peace and freedom. Let them know that you'll always be here for them whenever they need you. They are safe. They are protected. When you're ready, slowly come back to your body and open your eyes. Thanks for joining us today. For more tools, resources, and access to behind-the-scenes content, 
follow us on Instagram at Remember Who Podcast. And if you haven't already, please follow the show, rate and review us on Apple, Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll be back with another episode in two weeks. Until then, remember, you are appreciated, you are valued and you are enough. Have a good one.